Insight. We are your college football podcast, and we bring you thoughtful research, data, and stories across the best sport in the world, while also having a good bit of fun. Our goal is to help you outwit those tailgate trash talkers you'll be debating Saturday mornings this fall. And we're very excited because this is our first ever Metrics That Matter episode, which as we mentioned in episode three, it will be a reoccurring series within our show. In Metrics That Matter, we are going to focus on a key metric or measurement that is truly relevant to college football. And today, we're focused on the ESPN Football Power Index. Now, this was started in 2013, and that's when they began compiling the data, and then it was released in 2014. And here to really be our guide is a a man who's been a world traveler, lived across the world, so I feel like we're in good hands today. Houston, welcome. What's up, guys? What's going on? Welcome back again. uh, Glenn and I are pumped because it's the first metrics that matter. Uh, So I'll just dive right into it. I'll give you a quick kind of synopsis of what the FPI is. I know most of you probably are somewhat familiar with it, but it's very, very interesting once you get into it. So the overall gist of it is it's a predictive rating system, obviously developed by ESPN. And what it does is it uh, measures basically how much better a team is projected to be when they play an average opponent on a neutral site field. So it's kind of like a war in baseball, something similar to that. The, the wins over wins, wins over, over. So yeah. it sounds like it is trying to hold as much of the game as a control to see how good that individual team is, right? That's right, too. And, and we'll talk about this uh, going forward, but it's not uh, a ranking system. It's uh, projections in a predictive kind of analysis, if you will. So that's what makes it interesting. Well, speaking of interesting, let's jump right in, Houston. Could you just tell us a little bit about what goes into the FPI and kind of when you go to their site, what are you seeing when you're looking at the FPI page? Yeah, so they actually have a really good video, and we'll link that in the show notes, so make sure you check out the website after this if you want to get a little more into it. But the main factor that they measure is team strength, okay? So they're basically, again, measuring how strong a team is versus an average opponent on a neutral site. And for preseason ratings, what they do is they look at the previous four seasons, which makes sense if you're a college team. Usually uh, most of your players uh, and a lot of your coaches cycle out in a four-year period. So they look at your previous four years, and they really emphasize last season. Now that's obvious. You have most of your returning players coming back from last season. So they focus on that. Uh, They look how many returning starters you have back, and obviously the quarterback is weighted more. Just like, uh, you know, Vegas does, the quarterback pulls a lot of weight in the FPI. Uh, they look at their recruiting classes, your returning coaches. They like to see continuity in the coaching staff. Uh, that adds to your team strength, so that's a pretty cool metric. And so that's, that's the pre-rating, that's the preseason team strength score. Now, they also take into account in-season metrics as well, or, or they feed in in-season info. What goes into that? Uh, so, they, so they do um, kind of a lot like other polls, uh, but they do it obviously more in-depth with more data. So they look at your opponent quality, how good are the opponents you're playing, and they update those quality throughout the year. So if you're, if they have projection on a certain team and they're not quite as good throughout the year, they'll update your quality of opponent uh, real time, actually, which is pretty cool. They look at points differential. So they want to see, again, their overall projection is how good you are against that neutral site, you know, against that average team. So they want to see how uh, much you're beating these other teams by. And uh, then they have a very, very interesting stat, which they call EPA, which is expected points added. This one is super, super in-depth, and we'll include a link to this one in the show notes because it'll take us 20 minutes just to explain this. But it's basically the impact of your offensive unit, your defensive unit, and your special teams. So throughout the games, 
uh, actually in games, they're projecting how many points those specific uh, units are going to add to your final score based on scenarios and uh, how well they're doing doing during the game and those kind of things. So again, we'll we'll give you more in the show notes on EPA. That's interesting. EPA actually sounds like the S and P plus, which is another one that'll come uh, in a future metrics that matter episode. So we'll see how those compare at a future one, but it almost sounds like they're related. And funnily enough, Bill Connolly is now with ESPN. So, which could be a great reason why they pulled him in. Yeah. So you mentioned that this is not, this is not used as a ranking system. This is used for predictions. So how does this feed into the prediction system? Um, So they do, Again, game-by-game game prediction. So if you go on their website now, they have projections for the season, um, and, and they'll show like projected final rank or final uh, record and those kind of things. But they also do game predictions. So if you go to their website, again, we'll link it, uh, you'll see the overall projected records. But if you click on the specific team that you're interested in seeing, they'll give you game-by-game game kind of probability of win versus probability of loss, which is a really cool stat. Um, but what goes into the game predictions, again, the number one thing is the team strength overall Team strength is the their top kind of uh, predictor or projector, if you will. But they also do some kind of cool things. So they bring in uh, game locations. So if it's a home game for you, away game, or neutral site. Uh, and within that, they have a really cool point system that they incorporate the distance traveled. Now, this is a very minor detail. But if you're traveling, if you're Hawaii and you're going to play Syracuse, you're going to lose some points in their projection model just based on distance. Uh, they also have time between games. So so rest days, really, if you got a bye week. Uh, They're going to give you a little more uh, points in their projection system, if you will. And then what they do is they take all this information and they run 10,000 simulations for both each game and then for your entire season. And that's how they get their final uh, projections, really. So that's they really focus on that, it seems like, in their preseason rankings. But they also re-simulate these games uh, throughout the year based on, you know, how your team's doing and whatnot. That's great. So. How does this take into account how other teams play each other as well? Because it seems like it's not just looking at the teams in a vacuum. Otherwise, it'd just be Alabama and Clemson every year again. Yeah, again, I think that goes back to they update your projections throughout the year. So, you know, if if Alabama's got Auburn on the schedule, obviously, and, and, you know, Auburn's projected very high in the FPI, and then they sustain injuries or they lose their quarterback, their team strength is going to decrease, and then that's – in turn going to decrease um, Alabama's overall team strength based on quality of opponent and those kind of things. So again, the teams you play, your opponents, uh, whatever kind of positive or negative impacts they feel through the year, uh, it's going to also impact your ranking. When you're looking at the website, it it may seem a little confusing at first because the first thing they're showing you is win-losses because ultimately that's what people want to see. And it's interesting to see then how everything feeds into it. So ultimately, it all begins with team strength, which is the FPI. And then where does that go? Everything uh, they base their projections on are probabilities. So, you know, you go in there and you click on Alabama and you'll see their game by game uh, probability of victory. Uh, and, and that's kind of how they get their overall uh, system, really. It's all based on probability and, and projections. Um, and, and But they do say on there that, you know, this is a quote from ESPN, the ultimate goal of the FPI is not to rank teams, it's rather to correctly predict games and season outcomes. So the season outcome is, is a big deal for them. Um, that's, you know, kind of what they're, what they're going for, to be the most accurate for the entire season outcome for each of the 128 teams as possible. So in summary, it's, it's really team strength beginning with that, and that's the preseason ratings using previous four seasons, returning starters, returning coaches, and recruiting classes. 
then adding in the in-season of opponent quality, points differential, and impact on all sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then that feeds in the predictions and feeds into the overall probability. Yeah, and, and again, they continuously update this thing so they don't just stick with preseason rankings or projections or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and they update it real time. They even do in-game updates. I mean, they try to keep this thing as accurate based on their model as possible. Now, here's where I, I love watching FPI use real time on ESPN because you combine FPI with the pundits and they'll rip it. Whether which, I mean, obviously it's ESPN that's mostly talking about it versus other um, areas, but they'll even criticize it and fans will jump all over it because they'll say, you know, there's, there's bias involved. What are some of the criticisms that they're throwing out there? Yeah, so Glenn and I, after doing a little bit of research for this podcast, uh, do not agree with this one, but it's been <laughs> criticized pretty heavily for its inaccuracy. And we'll get into the accuracy of this model here in a few minutes. Um, Seems like such an easy thing to throw out. Yeah, yeah. But you know how a lot of the uh, broadcasters and, and, and pundits, like you said, are? They want to see in-game results, in-game action, those kind of things. Win-loss record, whereas... The eye test. Yeah, the eye test. Yeah. Yeah. But again, FPI is based most significantly on uh, win-loss probabilities and season outcome probabilities. So a lot of the you know, so-called experts don't truly believe in that yet, but I feel like that's going away a little bit. And I'll give you an example of why. So what was this, the 2017-18 season? Uh, you guys, I'm sure, remember Ohio State. They were listed as number one after losing big to Oklahoma. So Oklahoma actually went into Ohio State, correct? And they, they, they beat them pretty good. Uh, and when the FPI came out, the following week, um, Ohio State was still ranked number one uh, or projected to, to rank number one, right? So obviously people were up in arms about this. But then a week later, the probabilities worked out based on, you know, you know team comparisons, opponents, team strength, and uh, Oklahoma jumped them. So, so it ended up working out in the, you know, short term, if you will. But when that next week's projections came out, man, people were, people were furious about that. So I really appreciate, too, how you spoke to the game. You made sure not to use the trademarked term, the Ohio oh, State. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, oh, that's a royalty. We'll have to pay that now, coming out. Yeah. Um, so what are some other criticisms that are out there on the FBI? Yeah, one very minor one is um, people don't like the uh, how recruiting is you know kind of incorporated into their projections just because who knows how these kids are going to turn out. Uh, how they're going to impact the team. But again, it's that's a very small component of how they uh, project teams. So, I, you know, I, I see it how it does. It does matter. It does matter. I mean, when you're when you're Alabama, Clemson, or, or, or a lot of these schools that are just reloading and, and just pulling in the best athletes that are starting day one, I mean, it has to help. Yeah, obviously. And, and again, I mean, if you got a stud five-star coming in and it could impact your team towards the later, let's say, half of the you know their first season – you have to take that into account. Um, but another one was, uh, this isn't so much true anymore, but uh, they were getting criticized pretty heavily at the beginning because they didn't share their methods. They didn't share their data and their stats. Uh, so they were getting hit pretty hard on, with that. You know, people want to see, you know, kind of an open book on what you're doing, especially when you're using, you know, fancy math and science and those kind of things. Uh, but that's gone away. If you go on their site, they'll pretty much share everything they're doing. It takes a little um, diving into it to figure some of the projections out. Uh, but all the all the numbers seem to be there, and I'd like to circle back um, on our very first criticism uh, that it's not very accurate. How accurate is it showing so far? We're, it's been since two thousand fourteen, so we've got some uh, a number of years to look at. How's it doing? 
All right, so just a quick little back uh, stat so you might you might realize this. What they do is they kind of rank you, again, they give you projection for a win-loss per game. And so a percentage of winning that right, game. Right. So it you know, if you're a, if they think you're going to win 3 out of 4 games, you're a 75% projected win. Okay? It doesn't doesn't work out perfectly like that, but that's I'm just using that as an example. Uh, and and if you go on their website, they have a very very interesting stat where they show kind of how would you describe it, Glenn, like, you know, uh, I guess ranges of uh, projections. So, for example, they show you know how many teams they projected to win between fifty and sixty percent of the time, sixty to seventy, seventy eighty, so on and so on. Uh, so, over the last four seasons, uh, the FPI has labeled six hundred and forty-three teams as a seventy to eighty percent projected win in, for in that game. game in the game. Yeah, and the outcome of those uh, six hundred forty-three teams is they've been right seventy-four point five percent of the right time. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. <laughs> So that's a perfect projector, right? Like, you know, and some people might that's look good. at that yeah, and, and say, oh, you only won 74.5. But that's exactly what the, they were saying that that was going to happen. So how does this – so people will typically say, you know, there's always the phrase Vegas knows. Mm-hmm. How does – how much better does Vegas know than the FBI? Well, so there are some stats out there, but they're a little wishy-washy. Everything that I've saw, seen is that the FBI is right there with Vegas. Even – if they had a stat that over the last 10 years, now this is, again, the FPI has only been around, what, four years at this point. But if you look at the numbers the FPI uh, would have projected, uh, over the last 10 years, the favorite has won 75% of games uh, based on FBS versus FBS opponents, okay, which is pretty good. Uh, it's very comparable to Vegas line. So, for example, um, I believe the Vegas line for that was around 76%. And it's actually gotten more accurate over the last four years, the, the FPI projections are up to 77%. And the reason for that is now they're actually able to put their projections real-time and update their season likelihoods and in, in projections. The, when they were doing this, you know, previous to actually running, they were just running kind of a um, trend analysis. They weren't doing updates throughout the year. So basically, they projected every game only based on preseason information, and they were still uh, cor- correct 75% of the time, which is pretty, pretty good. So not accurate. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great prediction <laughs> yeah. out there. No, very accurate. So then with that in mind, what's the future? Where does the FPI go from here? Yeah. We talked about this in episode three. I think the FPI will, will stick around for quite some time and get more and more accurate. You mentioned Connolly's on board now. Phil Stills doing a lot of work with ESPN. So it looks like they're bringing in uh, kind of these more analytical experts for their college football coverage. I don't see FPI being the sole rating system, if you will, but I think this will heavily impact kind of the college football committee for the next you know handful of years. But down the line in the future, there's got to be something more similar to FPI to, to you know project the college football playoffs, if you will. Yeah, I think it, it's, again, as you mentioned in episode three, we talk about polls versus rankings, or in this case, maybe poll versus ratings. This leans that ratings leading towards rankings decision making and i think it's interesting too timing wise this started about the time that the harris interactive poll which again was supposed to be an analytical view was out of commission with the transition from the bcs to the playoffs do you see this going uh, kind of a hot take for you houston do you see fpi going beyond just the world of college football decision making do you see it going and competing with vegas maybe I think in a way it does. I don't think it'll be, you know, some kind of sanctioned gambling 
you know, system, if you will. But I know a lot of folks who are... What is that, what is that they always say when they now have their lines and odds on ESPN? This is not, this is not it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's for uh, entertainment purposes only. Right. Some of the some of the pundits, if you will, on ESPN say that. But I, I think it's already competing with Vegas in a way. I think people look at the, the, you know, people in the know, if you will, which hopefully you guys will be after this podcast, look at the FPI and they compare it against the Vegas line. And if they see some big differences... Uh, in you know individual game projections, which there are, there are quite a few actually. A lot of people are starting to go with FPI. It seems like so. I I don't think it'll be a gambling entity in itself or anything like that, but I think it will impact and influence maybe the line makers or the bookmakers in Vegas. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you listening. We know you'll have questions. Um, we try to do our best in explaining this. It's a complex uh, model, complex system which you know, makes it accurate, makes it cool to, cool to check out. So if you do have questions, send them to us. Uh, check out our website, Neutral Site Podcast. Uh, again, we're going to link all this information in our show notes. We're trying to provide you guys uh, with the most in-depth notes that we can so you can stay more informed on your own if you'd like. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at Neutral Site Cast. We're getting more and more active on there. So if you have any comments on this uh, first Metrics That Matter episode, uh, let us know on there. Also, go ahead and subscribe, like, all that kind of good stuff. I know a lot of you are on Stitcher. We're up there, so check us out. We're on Spotify. But you can also get us on Apple Podcasts. I know most of you still have that at this time. Uh, or if you got, you know, the Google phones, we're on Google Podcasts too. Basically anywhere you get your podcast. Go check us out. Uh, hit subscribe. Give us a rating, review, those kind of things. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Please share uh, this, you know, with anybody that's interested in metrics that matter. Uh, And we look forward to getting back to you guys for episode four.